Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey everybody, Richard Bliss Brook here for yet another Bliss Business Hero Call. I'm in transit today in Honolulu, Hawaii on my way to Scottsdale and I'm on Zoom here with Camilla Eves from Toronto who is the largest, most successful Arbonne distributor in Canada. And she has a decade-long extraordinary story to share with us. This is Hero Call number 106. So for the last three and a half years, I have interviewed uh, people that have crushed the four-year career, whether they knew there was a four-year career or not, whether they ever read the book or not. They have modeled what we talk about in the four-year career, which is 24 months of really aggressive business building action, followed by 24 months of coaching and leadership and edifying and training. And then in the fifth year, you start to really enjoy the fruits of your exponential growth and labor and start earning some real money from year five and beyond. In these hero calls, we only interview people that have built in legacy companies. And what we mean by legacy companies are companies that have proven that if you build it, they will pay you. And they will pay you forever. So the first thing that they've proven, as best you can prove it, is that they're in business to stay in business long term. Legacy companies don't operate based on promises. They don't operate based on vision casting or hype or we're going to be the next billion dollar company or we're reinventing network marketing or any of that foolishness. They operate based on uh, sound principles, sound business principles, and of course, extraordinary products. Products that have proven themselves in the marketplace decade after decade that people will use these products as customers regardless of whether or not they're involved in the income opportunity. So all legacy companies have proven that they can create sustained volume, sales volume, based on the repeat usage of the products. Because if products haven't proven that in the marketplace people will use them long-term, like forever, as a customer, then you have not built an asset business. So, we look for legacy companies and we look for leaders in these legacy companies that have built highly ethical, high road, high character businesses, businesses that actually contribute to the network marketing community and the model, as opposed to take advantage of it. Um, and, you know, people that have done it the right way. 
And so we have this opportunity today to, to listen to Camilla talk about her story, who she was before she got involved in Arbonne uh, and what she's accomplished. And before we dive into her story, I gotta give you my disclaimer. In these hero calls, we're interviewing heroes and heroines, I guess. Um, we're, we're interviewing people that have done something that's extraordinary. So we don't intend for you to interpret from listening to a hero call that this is what the average person in network marketing does. The average person in network marketing actually doesn't do much of anything at all and probably doesn't earn any money. These are extraordinary people. And we bring you their stories not to infer that you will accomplish what they've accomplished, but to infer that whatever it is you want to accomplish, you can use their story as inspiration. So maybe all you're looking for is an extra $1,000 a month. Well, if Camilla can do what she's done, you can make $1,000 a month. And maybe you have much bigger aspirations than that. And of course, if you're willing to do the work that Camilla has done, then our assertion is that you're gonna reap the same kind of rewards. So that's our disclaimer. So I uh, had an opportunity a couple of months ago to have coffee uh, with Camilla in Toronto and really enjoyed her energy and her story. And, and when I started digging into her stats and her track record, wow, that's really inspirational. She's built a, an extraordinary business. So Camilla, welcome to the Hero Call. Say hi to everybody and we'll dive in. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here and share with you guys, this is amazing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So how we start all of these, Camilla, is we start with storytelling. Uh, would you tell the group who were you before you were introduced to Arbonne? Just a little background about professionally, family, any of that that you wanna share. And then dive right into the story that uh, we find really, really valuable here, which is how did you first hear about Arbonne and who was it that introduced you? The name is not necessarily important because most people listening won't know the person, but the relationship is important. Like how did you know this person or did you know this person? And I know this is a three-part question, <laughs> what did they say to you exactly, if you can remember, that compelled you to take a look? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I come from an acting background. So I'm an actress and a singer. And I've done that my whole life. So right now I'm 57 years old. And I've been in Arbonne for 10 years. So for probably 30 years before Arbonne, I was a professional actress and singer. I had been on Days of Our Lives. I played Melissa Anderson on Days of Our Lives. I uh had a talk show in canada called the camilla scott show it was the number one daytime show in the country for three years i was a regular on due south which was a cbs nighttime show that was also number one in canada for three years i am um, the mama bear voice on the berenstain bears if your kids watch that show so i had a really great successful career um part of the problem with my career or you know I, I mean i was really grateful to do something i loved i was passionate about it i really really loved what i did but it's not um, friendly or kind to aging. So I found as I got older, 
especially once I hit my 40s and then my mid 40s. Uh, the jobs were fewer and farther between. Uh, I, I was looking to have to travel more if I did want to work. And then even then, I still was going to be working for a lot less. And by the time I actually heard about Arbonne, I had just accepted a contract in a show here in Toronto called We Will Rock You. And I accepted that contract at a 60% pay cut. So for me, that was huge because I was the main income earner in our household. And if you can just imagine what that would look like in your life, like 60% of my income disappeared overnight, basically. And I wasn't really willing to just let 60% of my life go with it. Um, so it became really stressful for me because I didn't know that I could do anything else. I am an actor. That's all I've ever done other than waitressing. I did not want to go back to do that at my age. Um, the other thing that was new in my life was my son Jack was born uh, in when I was 44. So he was about three when I first heard about Arbonne. And a big thing about my career too, especially taking We Will Rock You at a 60% pay cut, it's really time consuming to be in theater. So I was leaving my home six days a week at noon, getting home at midnight, missing a lot of him and his life and, and just really not happy, like not happy in any aspect of my life, which was new for me because I'd always been so happy. And that's when I first heard about Arbonne. And a friend of mine sent me an email and she just said, I have a great business opportunity for you. It's a health and wellness company called Arbonne and they're new in Canada. I actually thought Arbonne was looking for a spokesperson. So I was really excited. <laughs> I met with her at a Starbucks, you know, all ready to accept a big fat contract. And um, she did this little presentation for me and I was absolutely mortified. I was so embarrassed for her. And all I could think was, oh my gosh, what happened to her life? Like my friend was a big successful person. And, uh, and I said, no, I said, absolutely no. That is so not for me. Really all I could think was, people are gonna think exactly what I think right now. Oh my God, what happened to her career? Okay, so, so I gotta stop you, Camilla, just for okay. a second. I wanna remind the audience, you're now the number one Arbonne distributor in yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah, and I tell people that all the time. Like, a no isn't necessarily a no forever. Right. Um, but she gave me some products to take home. And, and it's funny because even though I was 100% no, like I just couldn't wait to get, I was also angry with her because my time was so valuable to me back then. And I had just taken an hour that I could have been with my son to sit down with her and hear about her stupid little business opportunity. <laughs> and... She gave me a gift. Like she actually gave me a little cream for meeting with her. And then I, and then I was mad because I thought, oh gosh, now I have to buy something and I can't afford it. Like, so I went home with this product and I, I tried it and I loved it. Like I, and I bought it anyway, which is hilarious. It's such a girl thing to do, even though I couldn't afford it. I bought it anyway because I loved it. And it was actually my husband who, who noticed. He's like, your skin looks amazing. Why aren't you doing that business with Amy? And I was like, well, I have to tell you why I'm not doing that. And he said, well, Amy's the smartest person we know. And she owns several businesses and they're all hugely successful. And if she's doing it, you should probably do it too. And it was literally that. It was like the V8 moment, boom, right? I went, oh my gosh, you're right. And I called her up and I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm sure she was like, oh my gosh, this woman's a lunatic because I was so adamantly no. And I just, I, I decided to jump in and, and I really just never looked back. Because for me, once I decided to do it, it just kind of became a no brainer. So here's the thing I didn't do. I didn't research it. I didn't analyze it. I didn't try to figure it out before I said yes. I just decided to jump in 
and run and then just see what happens. And that's kind of how I started my business. And I really never looked back. I, I just decided I'm going to, I love the product. So that's a no brainer. I can, I could share that with everybody. I, that was an easy thing for me to do. And I, I wanted something in my life that was um, going to allow me to continue the life I had. And my industry was not giving that to me anymore. And it's interesting because if someone had said to me, you know, Camilla, if you just work harder, we'll give you more acting work or we'll pay you more. There wasn't any. There was no more work. There was no money. There were no, you know, when you're young and fabulous, there's 8 billion actors and 8 billion jobs. And as you get older, there's still 8 billion actors, but there's five jobs. So it wasn't an option for me to just work harder and be more successful as an actor. And that was hard. Like it was hard to have done that my whole life and been successful my whole life and, and then find myself in a place where I didn't know what I was going to be able to do to keep going. And this just ended up being a godsend for me. Like I, I never in my life ever dreamed I would do something like this. I've never taken a business class. I know nothing about business. I knew nothing about network marketing. I had never heard of Arbonne. I didn't even know how to use a computer. So I started an internet-based business in the health and wellness world in an industry I didn't understand to own a business I've never wanted to own before. So I literally had every strike against me, but I had a massive work ethic. And I think that to me, you know, I, I can't stress it enough to people that this is not a get rich quick scheme, but it can be the answer to everything if you're willing to work hard enough to make it happen. And I did not come into this business with anything that was going to make me successful in Arbonne, but I learned like it, that's, a, it's such an important thing to remember about every single person on this planet who has a job today. There was a time in their life. They didn't know how to do that. They learn what everything you know how to do, you learn. So you can learn to be successful in this industry as well, but it's hard work. And that's where most people fall off. Yeah. And that one of the, one of my favorite quotes about entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs jump off the cliff and then they learn how to fly on the way down. Yep. hundred percent. That's just, you know, the character trait of an entrepreneur. I'm curious, uh, Kamala, what was the time period between your presentation with Amy and that you called her and said, okay, I'm going to do this. How much time had passed? A week. A week. Like I used the product for like three, four days. Loved it. My husband noticed. Boom. I was in. Did, <laughs> she, follow up. Did she follow up with you during that week? No. <laughs> no. And You convinced her that you were not going to do this. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and, she, and I bought the product too. Like I... I after I met with her and I used the product for a couple of days, I called her and said, okay, I want to order this. And she wow. ordered it for me. She signed me up as a customer. And then it was a few days after that, that I called her back and said, no, 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 I'm going to do the business. Wow. Yeah. She probably is still like pinching herself. Well, both of us do. We, yeah. we do it every day. We're like, I'm so grateful to her and she's so grateful to me. Yeah. And it's such a powerful story, such a powerful learning story for everyone who sits in front of somebody that says no. And we believe they mean not ever. Yeah. So that's awesome. All right. So tell us then, how did you start? Because your numbers, they pretty much match. If, if you're 106 in the hero interviews, I think at least 100 to 102 people, their numbers are pretty similar to yours in how many people they personally enrolled in the first couple of years, which creates that 
momentum to get your plane off the ground, your car over the hill. Tell us about how you launched. Uh, maybe focus initially in the first 90 days. What did you do? How many presentations did you do? How many people did you enroll? And I also want some soft story here around how did you deal with the people who told you absolutely have you lost your mind <laughs> absolutely no not ever i will not ever do this i'm sure you had a few of those how did you deal with those okay so the way i got started was once amy i was already signed up as a, a customer and once she you know converted me to a consultant um i launched my business uh i remember when Amy, Amy talked to me about ordering some tools that I would need to run my business. And I actually thought, um, I'm sure people do that. And I'm sure Arbonne wants me to do that, but I'm not doing that. Um, and cause all I could think was, I'm sure they do want me to buy more products, but I'm not doing that. And I remember, um, Amy launched me in my condo party room. I couldn't wait for her to stop talking. I just wanted to take over. And, um, and she brought all of her products that day. And I remember I, I, she gave me a house key because I literally would show up at her house every morning with a suitcase at the back door and take whatever I needed from her stock to go out and, and do my thing during the day. And, at, at, and then at one point she was like, okay, now you have to get your own stuff because you're not using mine anymore. So I don't recommend you do that. But for me, it was just something I think I needed to do to build my belief in what this was. Um, but I worked, I would have, I, I did everything that I learned, and this is really important, from every book I read, every learn and burn that I listened to. Like I, I really um, dove into the information and then did it. Like I put everything into action. So I would have a little pad at my night side table so that if I got an idea, I would write it down. Like these were all new things for me. I would write 10 things every single night and circle the three hardest and wake up the next morning and make sure I did those three first. Like all these little tricks that you learn by reading books or listening to successful people. I was, I was learning it and doing it and putting it into action. I probably, I, I sponsored close to a hundred people in the first year. I looked at my calendar every single day. I taught people to color code their calendar because that's what I was taught to do. If there was a space in my calendar that was available to work that had no work in it, I was in a flop sweat. Like I was, it was a, a real panic moment for me because that, that was really not going to happen. I remember the day that I sat down at my computer and looked into my web stats and saw that someone who didn't live in my province had placed a large order and I didn't know who that person was or how that happened. And I remember for me, that was the moment that I thought, oh my Lord, I am going to be rich. Like, I, I know that sounds really like me, but I, I remember that moment thinking, this works. Like, oh my gosh, this is gonna change my life forever. But I worked really, really hard. I launched people, I was launching somebody every single month in, in and I, I believe in cluster sponsoring. So I, I believe in sponsoring lots of people at one time to create excitement and momentum. So I was launching people weekly in that first year. It's funny when you introduced this call, Richard, and you talked about the first 24 months of massive amounts of sponsoring and then the next 24 months of massive amounts of mentoring and, and coaching. And that is literally my career. I started in November, 2008, November, 2009. I promoted to the first 
VP level in November 2010, the next VP level in November 2011, two wide executive national vice president, November 2012, first four wide executive national vice president outside of the US in the company's history and the number one income earner in Canada. So I literally did it in 24 months exactly, uh, sorry, in 48 months exactly the way you said. The first two months was all about bringing people in and working as hard as I could possibly work, getting that product into people's hands, getting the opportunity in front of people's eyes and launching and getting into other people's networks. But then the next, you know, after the first 24 uh, months, the next 24 months was I was still sponsoring, but just not in the same uh, capacity that I was those first two years. A lot of my time was spent in those next two years working with the superstars that were starting to float to the top of my business. Because when you're sponsoring in the beginning in such large numbers, you're going to see that cream start to rise to the top. And that's where you want to, that's where you want to go. You know, we always say um, you, you want to light a fire under somebody, but I say, no, wait till the fire starts and then go. Like we spend so much time trying to get people going and trying to light fires under people that, that aren't ready to light themselves on fire. I say wait for that fire and then run as fast as you can in that direction and, and build that person up to what you know was possible for them. Yeah. So can you like flush out the rest of the numbers? Um, how many people have you personally enrolled in 10 years? roughly less than 200 okay so less than 200 so those would be frontline people correct yeah and right. out of those out of those 200 how many are still building working building not using the products but building 10 right yeah. so five percent yeah four of them have big big businesses uh, one has a medium sized business and the rest are people that I have sponsored since I got, became successful. Yeah. So maybe out of the first hundred that you rolled in the first two years, how many of those make up 90% of your business? Four. Four. Yeah. And, and those numbers, ladies and gentlemen, are pretty consistent across the board every once in a while. Somebody might get 10 out of 10. And I've talked to people that got one or two out of 10. But no matter what, in five years, if you personally sponsor 100 people the first two years, that your fifth year, you're going to be making somewhere between 10, 20. I mean, I've interviewed people on these things, but they're making 200 grand a month five, six years later. So, and, and uh, Camilla, it's so special what you talked about where that, that one lady or that one person came in in, a pro in outside of Ontario, your province, so, so you got geographic expansion that you didn't expect, and then so special you didn't know who it was or how that happened, and that's kind of the distinction of exponential growth, right? When you get into third, fourth, fifth generation, well, you didn't do the presentation. You didn't enroll that person. You weren't the three-way call person. You don't know who they are or who enrolled them or how that happened. And now you're starting to get asset income. You're at least at the very leading edge of creating something that will give you freedom the rest of your life. That's um, Okay, so 200 people total, but 100 the first two years. 
how many people total on your team? Like all users, all builders, the total number. I, I honestly have no idea. Thousands, thousands. Yes. We're in six countries. I probably don't even know 90% of my organization anymore, um, which, you know, I still travel and go to these places, but the, the, the people that come, come by the hundreds. So it's gigantic. It's massive. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to find out how many, but thousands. Yeah. yeah. So that's the essence of the business. And the only way you create that is it's, it's, it's kind of strange, like to try to understand it, but the essence of it is, that the people that create growth and, and success in this business, they're almost a, a little bit all or none. The people that really create it are people like Kamala that they just dive in and they go crazy. And those people are about five out of a hundred. And so, you know, it's kind of like a deck of cards. You know, if you took a deck of cards and shuffled it up and you're looking for the aces, and there's four aces in every deck, that's one out of every 13, and you start flipping over the cards, well, you don't know, you don't know when the aces are gonna come. You could get four aces in the first four cards. You could get an ace every 13 cards. You could get four aces the last four cards. You don't know, so you have to flip over all the cards, and the faster you flip them, the more you like, you know, think of a plane trying to take off a runway, You've only got so much runway. Everybody only has so much runway. And in taking our business off, what that runway equates to is how much time, emotional time and financial time do you have to mess around with your Arbonne business? You know, do you have, you know, seven years to not make very much money and struggle? You know, how long is your family going to support you building your Arbonne business if you're not successful? How long are you going to tolerate not a lot of success? That's your runway. And so you might think of that in time versus like an actual runway is more like 5,000 feet. And what happens to a plane if it doesn't go full throttle down the 5,000 feet? Well, it doesn't lift off before the end of the runway. And if it doesn't lift off before the end of the runway, it's, it's not pretty. And it's the same thing with our business. That's why you got to compress that time. You got to get lift off before you and your family don't tolerate you messing around with this anymore. Then, then you're out of runway and then it gets ugly. So Kamala, you have so many lessons and your, your, um, your story is so textbook perfect. Let's go into philosophy strategy keeping in mind who's listening here, 99% of the people listening, they're, they're still trying to figure out how to go full throttle down their runway. They've probably done a lot of stopping and starting. They're trying, they're struggling. You and I know it's all attitude, it's all perspective. What would you tell those people the biggest mistake, and maybe you didn't make many mistakes, but you can probably find one. What's the biggest mistake you made in your build? And it might've been a one-time blunder, or it might've been a bad habit that you kept repeating. And it may not have cost you money or sales. Maybe it cost you health. Maybe it cost you relationship. 
Maybe it cost you integrity. But if you had to do it over again, you'd patch that hole. What's the biggest mistake? Okay, I think, I, I think there were two things that I did that I, if I could go back, um, it's hard because I'm, I'm also one of those people though that I love, you know, failing is such a big important part of success because you learn so much from falling down. Um, one one li little big thing is I, people who, in the beginning of my business, people who weren't interested in building a big business were basically dead to me. Like, <laughs> I kind of wish now that I had taken a little more care of some of the, the people who, you know, maybe weren't going to um, be coachable or, or do what was necessary um, because I think they may have later on been able to find their way or at least would still be a good customer of mine. So there's that. Um, but that also was something I needed to learn because the other thing that I regret is helping people under a leader and then making the leader pay for it which it's like which is not attractive at all but um but it's real i'm being really honest like you know ha having someone like for instance the, the one person i'm thinking of and i did it a lot so you know i'm not innocent really anywhere but um one of my national vice presidents was very young when she started and i helped her a lot in deep in her business and then I, I wanted her to treat the business the way I was treating it. And she's a Gen Y and I'm a baby boomer. Like it just would never have worked, but I was kind of like it was my way or the highway kind of thing. And it created a lot of friction between her and I that was unnecessary. Um, but we both, which is actually the best part about it, is we both grew so much from it. And her business is huge and massive and hugely successful. And we were both right. Like along the way, you know, I, I, it, she needed to be doing it exactly the way she was doing it because she needs to be evidence that it's possible to do it that way. And I did it exactly the way I needed to be doing it because I needed to be evidence that it works this way because it both worked. And her and I today are like best friends and love each other so much. She's like my little sister. But it was really hard for me in the beginning to not want people to do it my way. That's just part of my personality too. And I think it's part of a lot of people's personalities that are really successful in these kind of businesses. You know, we're very type A, very controlling. I mean, it's why we're successful. Um, but I've learned so much about truly, you know, being a great leader. And, and the, part of that is loving people where they're at and, and being able to support people who do things differently than you and, and uh, support them in their way. And, and, you know, somebody said to me a little while ago, and I, it was such a compliment. They said, your secret weapon is love. She said, you know, your team loves you so much and that's your secret weapon. And I, I like, I started crying. I was like, oh my gosh, but I, I really have had to grow so much to nurture that. And, and I, it's so important to me because I love them too. It's funny when I first started at Arbonne, I used to hear this one leader who I love. She's a mentor of mine in our business. And she would say all the time, you know, I love my team. I love every single one of them. And I would be like, Oh, that's just weird. Like, how can you love all those people? You don't even know them. And then I became her. Like, then I was like, oh my gosh, I totally get it now. Like, I do. I love these people. They're so important to me. And it's not about money. You know, we, we build these businesses to a place where there's more money than you need right? Like you only need so much money to be happy and have, you know, the things that make you comfortable. After that, you keep going for different reasons. You know, there's purpose involved and love and, and, you know, I feel an obligation to people to make sure that they get what they gave me. And so the, the love part of it is so, so important. So that, that's my big thing is just 
having to learn how to really look after people and love people instead of resenting them for not doing it my way. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's, um, well, so precious lessons there. I love the one about, you know, if you're not all in and uh, going to build the MVP in the next two years, you're dead to me. <laughs> uh, because that's probably very consistent with a lot of leaders that are type A and, and they're, they're absorbed with their own goals and their own ambition. And one of the beautiful things about the network marketing model is, and you expressed it in your in your love transformation, Kamala, which is Zig Ziglar may have said it best of anyone. You and I get everything we want when we help enough other people get what they want. And even the people that just want to use the products or just want to have a few parties or just want to make $500 a month. Or just want to be a part of something. Like right. a lot of people just want to join the club, right? It's a really fun club. There's awesome people in it. And that's yeah. okay too. A like-minded community. Everybody supporting and championing each other and all about health and all about growth. and Beautiful. So um, now this will be an obvious answer. So I want you to look for the not so obvious because the flip side of the question is, what's the smartest thing you've done in 10 years? Or maybe what's the smartest thing you've done in the did in the first two years? And don't use the obvious, which is, you know, to personally enroll. Uh, don't even use the big nugget you gave early on, which was you were a learner and an executor. And that is so rare for people to study and then actually execute without analyzing and struggling with it and second guessing it and you executed you know your calendar work your to-do list that's that's just precious don't use that it's too obvious don't use your massive enrolling that's too obvious what's the smartest thing you did in the first 24 months that's not so obvious i think um i think letting go of my ego because that was what probably would have held me back the most. Because I, I can remember, you know, I washed people's feet uh, a lot in the first two years of my business. I don't even like my own feet. So um, it was, there was a lot about the business that I hated so much. And that, that was really hard for me. Like I, I remember I, like kneeling on the ground at somebody's feet, just thinking, where's the camera? Cause I'm totally getting punked here. Like I, I used to sit in my car before every presentation. You know, I, I started this business wholeheartedly that I was going to do, I was going to build it doing one-on-ones and that was going to be the way I did it because I'm not a party girl. Uh, that's not my thing. Like, you know, all those things that people say. And within a month I ran out of people. And the only way to find people in the numbers that I was looking to find people, because I wasn't looking to make a friend at the park and try to figure out how to, you know, weave Arbonne into the conversation. I needed lots of people in front of me. So the only way I could see to do that was to start having people host parties for me so I could get into their network. So that was, that was huge for me, how hard that was, because everybody knew who I was. Like everybody knew I was Camilla Scott, right? So all the, the, the concerns I had of people looking at me, like literally like, oh, oh, <laughs> all the time. 
I'm because sorry. <laughs> you totally are thinking of what happened, right? And I, I used to sit in my car before every presentation and just be like, don't forget to have fun. Don't forget to have fun. Because I hated it. Like, I just wanted to smack everybody. So it was really hard. And I, I really had to let my ego go and just try to get other people to have fun. And that was my, my goal became just pretend that you like this so that they can have a good time so that you can find yourself some business. And that's really for, for a long time. I mean, really even past making it to the top management level, it still took another, you know, couple of years. And, and I used to think that people thought poorly of me, even once I got to the top. Like I, I remember being, um, having friends at a dinner party at our house once who weren't in Arbonne, because none of my friends joined my team, by the way, uh, and saying, you know, I know what you guys all think of me. You all think, you know, I'm crazy or whatever. And, and she was so shocked. She's like, oh my God, no, we are so, like, we have admiration for you. We can't believe what you did. And I was so surprised to hear that because I had decided that everybody just thought less of me because I did that. But so, so for me, ego was big. Like I had to really learn to let my ego go and really just focus on doing what I needed to do to build what I needed to build, to get what I needed to get. And then all the other stuff got learned along the way, how to love people where they're at and all, all that other stuff. It just kind of happened, but it began for me just really letting go of my ego. That's could, it be, could it be said as an actress that what you did is acted as if? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I knew I could. I was like, I could totally act like an amazing Arbonne consultant. So, and that's what I did. I acted <laughs> like an amazing Arbonne consultant. We I love that. Our, our old president, Rita Davenport, when you made it to the second management level, they would give you a little bracelet with WWRS on it. And it stood for what would Rita say? And I wore that bracelet only because I knew if I said what Camilla would say, I was not going to go anywhere with this business because I just wanted to give it to people all the time and tell them what I really thought. But I had to act like somebody who really owned a business and, and the customer had to always be right. And like all those kinds of things that you, that I didn't, agree with any of that. I just wanted to give people a piece of my mind. And, and I think just pretending to be successful. And the thing too, that's cool about doing that is if you pretend to be successful long enough, as long as you're doing all the work, eventually you stop pretending because you just are right. You believe what you tell yourself. You become. So tell us about, um, okay. By year five, you're rocking this thing, probably already making more money than you needed to make. What has the last five years been like when you're deeply steeped in abundance and leadership and taking on other people's visions and elevating other people to national vice president, traveling the world on Arbonne? Tell us what that's been like. Um, your son is now 14. 14? What's it been like for him? What's it like for your family? It's What's it like as a network marketing rock star in abundance? It's amazing, obviously. Um, it's, it's so much more than I ever thought or dreamed it could be. And, and the cool thing is it just keeps getting better too. Like it's, 
you know, at the end of year four, year five, you think, oh my God, this is crazy amazing and look at our lives. And then you get to the end of year six and it's better than the end of year five. And like every year it just continues to grow and get better. My work in the business looks very different now than it did before. I still do bring in people, but just not anywhere near what I did in the beginning of my business. A lot of my time is spent training and mentoring and working for the company, you know, just trying to get people to understand the possibilities. Um, my life is ridiculous. Uh, I'm basically, I work part-time from home, which is really from a cell phone, which means really anywhere in the world. And usually we are somewhere different in the world. Our schedule looks like uh, we travel at least every single month somewhere. You know, I mean, just the summer alone, I'm doing a VP retreat from some of my national vice presidents. So we're four weeks in Italy. And then uh, I'm, I'm taking my son to Guatemala, which is such a gift. I get to take him there every summer. I've done this. This will be his third trip and, and, and just the beginning of what we want to do there. And for, for you to be able to give your 14-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old child, especially boy, the opportunity to take a trip like that and work with people who have nothing but are still happy and grateful and just the change that I see in him as a result of being able to do things like that, it's so awesome because, you know, all he cares about is a cell phone, right, and a skateboard. And, and so it's the things Arbonne allows us to show our kids is just priceless. You can't even begin to imagine the effect it has on your children. I always say to my team, your kids are watching you. They're watching you. And my, my son watched me build a business that would change the lives of not just us and our extended family, because I've been able to pay my parents' mortgage off and help my sisters out and you know help my nephews through school. And it's, it's all the other lives and it's all the other kids he's growing up with in Arbonne, whose moms are building or dads are building this business. The, the, the lessons for the kids are just ridiculously awesome. Um, it's just so worth it. I think that's the most important thing. You know, my life is crazy. I never could have imagined living this life. Arvon just asked me to go to Fiji in the fall to train for them. Fiji, right? So I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that's a bucket list trip. Like I'm an actor from a, my mom was a cashier in a grocery store. My father worked in a factory. Like I never had anything like this. I think we, we took a, we drove to Florida, you know, a couple of times when I was a kid, that was like a big vacation for us with a camper behind the car kind of thing. So this life that the, the life, this business can afford you um, in so many ways, like not just financially, but emotionally and, and, and spiritually. And it's just off the charts. It's, it's more than you can imagine. And that's, that's all I can say about it. Like, I think I've got it. And then something more amazing happens and you just go, Oh my gosh. Okay. My vision's got bigger now. And I, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger as long as you're willing to keep working it. Right. And I think one of the, one of the, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it doesn't matter. Somebody said to me when I started Arbonne, um, go four wide and go to the beach. So that I did that. Like my, I went four wide, but it's really not true at all. It's really important to know that if you're going to build this business, you're going to spend the rest of your life building it, but you're going to spend the rest of your life working 10 hours a week or, or, or maybe working a little more than that or a little less than that, doing something you love so much that it doesn't feel like work. Like that's, this is my life. This is my job right now talking to you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm barely able to stay in my skin, right? Like this is what I do for a living. Right. This is what your life will look like, but you got to keep doing it. 
And if you keep doing it, it keeps growing. And then the life just keeps getting better. All right. That was stunning. Um, so here's how I want to wrap this up, Kamala. I want you to imagine, um, you know, people are listening to this live, but more people are listening to it months after we record it, years after we record it. And they're listening to it all over the world, not just in Canada, not just in the United States, but all over the world, developing countries. And you know that most of the people listening to this are looking for that, that one thing, that one message, that one perspective, that one analogy, that one metaphor, that one story, the thing that, that might just have all the lights go on for them because you and I know it's, it's not about talent and it's not about ability. Almost everybody has the ability to do this successfully. It's just a matter of inspiring the spirit in the right way, the right time. So what I'm gonna ask you to do, Camilla, is speak for a couple of minutes to the people that need for those lights to come on. And I'm gonna put undue pressure on you by suggesting that you are the last voice in the network marketing wilderness that they're ever going to hear. No pressure. <laughs> like if they don't get it from you, they're not getting it. This is the last chance. And so for those of you listening, this perspective is actually more important for you than it is for Camilla because she can handle this. My, my request is that you listen. Like this is the last opportunity you get for encouragement, for inspiration, for the message that you can do this. And if you don't get it from this message, you're not gonna get it. So listen, and listen with the intent to execute, because that's what this woman does. She listens, and executes. Go get them. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is it's, it, it's impossible for me to motivate anybody. So you need to figure out why you are going to do something that's going to be completely uncomfortable. That's going to be way out of your comfort zone. Your, your vision for what you want in this business has got to be bigger than any obstacle that you're going to come across. So the first thing I would say is how big is your vision and, and how often do you work on it? Because working on your vision is something that has to happen every single day. Um, be willing to keep learning. That's another thing, you know, I, I actually am not somebody who is a big book reader. I would read a book that someone gave me and told me to read in the beginning, but it, it wasn't, believe it or not, until the last six months that I started to become an avid reader. Like I've read about 14 books in the last six months because I went and saw a speaker who talked about how you start your day every single day. And so I would say, how do you start your day every single day? And, you know, everybody in this world has the same 24 hours. I don't care how busy you are because there are people busier than you. I guarantee it. I don't care what your circumstances are because I guarantee you there are people with worse. So if, you know, if time is an issue, get up an hour earlier. How do you start your day? Read 
work on your vision, meditate. I've never meditated in my life until the last six months. It's changed me. Um, but it's all got to start from you. What's inside you. You have to want this more than the obstacles you're going to face because you are going to face them no matter what. It's just a fact of life. So if you, if your vision is crystal clear, it will give you direction. You know, anything that takes you towards your vision, you do anything that doesn't, you don't, right? It's really super simple. Vision gives you direction. It gives you purpose. You know, all of a sudden you're an important part of the equation because you are the one, the only one who cares about that vision the most. Nobody else is going to care about your vision more than you do. Nobody not your partner, not your kids, nobody. So protect it, but it all of a sudden gives you importance because you're a vital ingredient, right? Um, it gives you clarity, you know, what do you, you're clear on what you want and where you wanna go. I just, you just, the more work you can do on you, the better. This business is all about influence. People follow you because you speak to them. The information, you guys, at the end of the day, nobody remembers the information. They only remember how you made them feel. And if you are filled with confidence and confidence comes from action, you know, the way to create courage or be, become courageous is to do. There's no other way to learn courage. You have to, you learn it by doing it. So just do, stay in action, become courageous, be somebody that people get excited to follow because you know you're filled with vision and and passion and clarity and if you if you as you're as you're working on all of that you guys just pretend like just look at the people who you admire what do they like like if you if you're hearing this from me and you're like oh my gosh i like the way she is then study me and and talk like this and even if it's not you it doesn't matter who do you know who do you watch who do you listen to take on the 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 attributes of that person and 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 pretend until they become your own and just be just know you're worth it i think that's the you know a lot of people just don't think they're worth it and, and, you know, when you say, oh my gosh, I'm busy, I got my kids, don't put that on your kids. It's not their fault that you're not being ambitious or that you have no, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, discipline. That's not their fault. It's you. You get to work on you and build something because you're worth it. And, and that's really all I can say. You know, I, I, if you don't feel like you're going to be worth it at the end of the day, you guys, nothing I say is going to get you off the couch. You got to know you're worth it and be willing to do it. Beautiful. <clears throat> well, speaking of um, people to model, let's close this with you acknowledging the people that inspired you along the way that reached down and lifted you up. You mentioned Rita. She's done that for probably hundreds of thousands of Arbonne leaders and entrepreneurs all over the world. Uh, what impact did Rita have and are there other people that you would mention that influenced you? Yeah, I mean, I loved Rita. She was awesome and funny. I didn't know her very well because she was gone shortly after I started to you know, see some success in Arbonne, but I loved her, I loved her approach. 
Um, I, you know, one of my first experiences where I really kind of started to get our bond was through one of our executive national vice presidents, Carly Nelson, who spoke and at my first conference and I just fell in love with her. Debbie Neal has always been a huge inspiration to me. I just, she speaks my language. Um, we are, we are sisters from another mother. And I really, and also my team, you know, my national vice presidents lift me up. You know, they say in this industry, find people who are going to be better than this at you. And I've done that. Like they're so much better at this than I am. I, I'm so blessed and they're, they're rock stars and they're killing it all the time and they lift me up. So, you know, Tabitha DeBrun and Alex Trimble and Janice Martel and Lital Mintzner, who they're the hardest working people I've ever known in my life. And they are doing what I did in, you know, better than me, which is really the, the key. But I think, you know, guys, whoever you can find to, to inspire you, uh, find them and, and reach out to them even. You know, I, I, I remember I used to say to people when we were at our conferences, I'd be like, remember this face, you know, <laughs> like a lunatic. But after I got to the top, people would come up to you and say, remember that time you, you stopped me on the escalator? And I'd just go, oh no, <laughs> but I believed in me. So believe in you. Yeah, I think your background as an actress has served you well. <laughs> Well, you're a treasure. Uh, thank you for your story. Beautiful, very inspiring. Uh, I know people will move based on listening to this now and long into the future. And thank you. I look forward to seeing you on our next trip to Toronto or somewhere in the I'm, world. Yeah, I'm so jealous you're in Honolulu. We're like snowed in here again. So, right. <laughs> but thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, gang. Thank you very much. Until Hero Call 107, this is 106. And we'll see you soon. Over and out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.